0: Verse 305, we've got a King James Scofield Bible, and uh, when you get to Judges chapter 15, and um, uh, I want you to look this way, but let's go to the throne of grace, and just thank the Lord for his sweet presence tonight, I'm glad he meets with us, he doesn't have to, we don't deserve it, but I'm certainly glad that he does. Zeke, how about leading us to the throne of grace? Amen. If you found your place in Judges 15, look this way for a little bit, and I'm going to give you a very quick overview with chapter number 14 and bring you up to where we're at in chapter 15. Samson is born. We looked at Wednesday night about having an ear to hear. We talked about Samuel, how that God used Samuel in a great way because he had an ear to hear from the Lord. We said Samuel was everything, Samson wasn't. Well, I want to look at Samson tonight and kind of follow his path. I want you to give me a good attention tonight because in the same, we can follow Samuel's life and see how God used him, how, why he was where he was at, had an ear to hear when God spoke. Tonight, we can also look at the life of Samson. And we see his failures and what right took place. But in chapter 14, Samson went down to the Philistines and he sees a woman there. And he comes home and tells mom and dad, I like that woman. I mean, she, 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 uh, uh, I like her. Go get her for me. Now, notice here, you'll see the great progression of Samson begins right here. Mom and Dad said, Son, you don't need to marry a woman like that. You're gonna marry some one of your young people. And he said, I don't care what you say. I want that woman, go get her for me. So he goes down and they heads that away. And while they're going down, a line runs out. Samson grabs that line, a young line, the Bible says, and he just rips it apart with his bare hands. Not a good thing in his hand. Spirit of God come on him. Wow. I mean, he rips that line apart, throws it to the side. He goes down to this woman's house, and the Bible says a few days a time later, he he go he returns and uh, he says, I, I think I'm going to go over and check that line out that I killed. Now, he was a Nazarite. Part of a Nazarite vow was he couldn't cut his hair, couldn't drink wine, keep that in mind, and he couldn't be around anything that was dead. So he goes over to check out that line. Now, he's violating that Nazarite vow. Being a Nazarite, he had no business being around that line, but he goes over that line and he sees the strangest thing. And it is strange. He sees bees have built a nest inside that carcass and there's honey running out of it. So he goes over and gets a handful of honey, takes it back to mom and dad. And he does not tell them where it come from. He not Matter of fact, he doesn't tell them about the line, period. So he goes down to, uh, uh, to see this woman. He's fixing to marry. She's got 30 friends, probably family members. And uh, Sampson thinks he can play with sin. He thinks he can have some fun. So he gives them a riddle. He said, now, there's 30 of you, and if you tell me the riddle, I'll buy all of you a brand new suit. But if you can't tell me the riddle, all of you buy me a suit. Change of garments. And so he goes on and they said, well, okay, what's the riddle? Here's the riddle. Out of the eater came forth meat, and out of the strong came forth sweetness. And so they pondered and they pondered and they tried. Finally, at the end of the, th- about the seventh day, he gives them seven days to figure it out. They go to this old gal that he's going to marry. And they tell her, so, listen, we're going to burn you and your daddy and your family if you don't find out that riddle. So she turns on the tears. Woo-hoo-hoo! She's a crying and a boo hooing. She's a pouring it on. You don't love me. If you love me, you tell me the riddle. Yeah, I mean, you don't care nothing about it. If you love me, you tell me the riddle. You, you don't care about me. You tell me the riddle. So she pours it on. I mean, she's pouring it on. On that seventh day, when Samson gives in, and he tells her the riddle. Immediately, she runs to the fellers, to the fellers, that's threatened her and they tell him, listen, Samson's wife wept before him and said, thou dost hate me and lovest me not that thou put forth a riddle unto the children of my people. And I told it me. And he said unto her, behold, I have not told it my father nor my mother. Shall I tell it to thee? And She wept and before him, seven days, while the feet were slashed, came to pass on the seventh day. They told her because she lay sore on him. And she told the riddle to the children of her people. Man, what love. And the men of the city went to him on the seventh day before the sun went down. What is sweeter than honey and what is stronger than a lion? Here's what he said. If ye had not ploughed with my heifer, ye had not found out my riddle. Boy he said if you hadn't if you hadn't got to her, you'd never found my riddle. So he goes down to the Philistines and Samson. Now listen, you gotta notice the progression here. What he's doing. He's getting deeper and deeper and deeper. He goes down to the Philistines, he kills thirty of them, takes their garments, back to the 30 people he had to riddle with. All right? And he's mad. He's blown up. When he takes the garments back, he throws them down, and he's so mad, he just goes home to his father's house. He just goes home. He just, he's blowing him out, he stomps out and just goes home. He's that upset. Let me do a little secret here. You're gonna find Samson had the tendency to always be angry. Where Samson was angry, Samuel wept. Samuel wept when the people went another God. Samson's always getting mad. He's always being angry. Now, chapter 15. But it come to pass, within a while after in the time of wheat harvest, that Samson visited his wife with a kid. And he said, I will go in to my wife into the chamber. But her father would not suffer him to go in. And her father said, I verily thought that thou hast utterly hated her, therefore I gave her to thy companion. I mean it sound like a soap opera. He gave her to the best man. When he got mad walked down, the father gave her to the best man, his companion. Alright is not this is not her younger sister fairer than she take her, I pray thee, instead of her. Now, he says, I'm sorry. You, you stomped off mad, so I gave her to your best man. Lord, have mercy. And uh, he gets thicker. And he said, but now she's got a younger sister. She's a lot prettier than her. You ought to just take her. But notice what Samson said. Samson said, now shall I be more blameless than the Philistines, Though I do them a displeasure, though I hurt them, I'm going to hurt them. And when I hurt them, it's not going to be my fault. I didn't do it; they did it. Boy, it's getting—he's going down—he's going down the steps. He's not owning, accepting accountability and responsibility for his actions. He's blaming them. It's their fault. When I get done, thou, so the, the message tonight are you sure you want to turn these foxes loose? Let's pray. Ask God again to help us. Heavenly Father, I pray bless the reading of your word. Bless this time. In Jesus' name, amen. The life of Samson illustrates an ancient truth good beginnings don't necessarily guarantee a good ending. Ecclesiastes, the, the preacher said, better is the end of a thing than the beginning of, thereof, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. In the closing scenes of Samson's life, we, we watched a blind Samson light going out, the blind champion ends up burying in the rubble of a heathen temple. Now he killed more in his death than he ever killed in his life. But my, what he could have been. What he should have been. So let's look at the path that Samson took for a little while. At the beginning of his career, Samson served in a blaze of glory. I mean, it's amazing how God used him uh, Judges fifteen, then three thousand men of Judah went to the top of the Rock Edom and said to Samson, Knowest thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us, what is this that has done unto us? He said to them, As they did unto me, so have I done unto them. Now he's the defender of Israel, and he's supposed to defeat the enemy. But what he's doing now, he's not he's not fighting for God's cause. He's fighting his own battle. He is to be the great judge of Israel. He's, the great, he's to be the great leader of Israel. But instead of fighting God's battles, he's moved to fighting his own battles. I mean, when he was a young man, listen, when he was a young man, he had real spiritual promise. Judges 13, 24, and a woman bare a son, he called his name Samson. That name means sunny or brightness. When he was little, they might have called him sunny. It means brightness. He, He literally shined. And no doubt he brought light and joy to Manoah, his wife. And boy, and he was to bring light to Israel in the dark days. That they were facing the listing to press them greatly. And they were, Samson was the one to bring that life. As a matter of fact, of all the judges, Samson's the only one that the Bible says, and the Lord blessed him. Now it is said of the others that they were clothed with God's Spirit. And a woman bare a son. He called his name Samson and the child grew. And the Lord blessed him. He's the only judge. Not only with a real spiritual promise. By the way, every young person in this church, you have real spiritual promise. You can do something great with your life if you choose to. Not only that, but he realized that he had a secret power God had given him. I don't know how he happened, but when he was young and the Spirit of God would move on him, he would do miraculous. I don't know if he's whipped everybody in the community at one time. I don't know what he'd done. But the Bible says the Spirit of God would move on him. Now it was symbolized by his uncut hair, unshorn hair, sixteen seventeen. But the source of his strength was the Holy Spirit of God. Judges thirteen twenty. And the spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zora and Estical. We we have no idea how and what he did when he accomplished when, when the Spirit of God would move on him, but he did great things. Never knew it. I want to draw his attention to these words, though. And Samson said unto them, Though ye have done this, yet will I be avenged of you. And after that, I will cease. Uh oh. Uh oh. He's moved to a young man of great promise. I mean, great promise. He realizes that he's got opportunities that's amazing handed to him. But now, because of his disobedience, mom and dad, I like her, get her for me. Junk and that. He says he goes down playing with sin, riddle, and now. His heart has moved into avenging. He's wanting to get back. He's wanting revenge on what they've done to him. You see the progress? You see how that he started? Let me show you three things that will be done. Number one, we see the rage he showed. Revenge always issues from one's anger. Revenge always issues from one's anger. He got to the point he's angry. He's angry. Time out. Are you always angry? Are you always mad at something? You got some issues. Born Samson was always angry. I love this. Samuel, the people said, Make us a God like everybody else's God. Samuel wept, broke his heart. God came and said, Samuel, quit your whining. I got a boy over here at Jesse's house. I'm going to anoint King. He said, Get up, get your horn on, go. But I'm going to tell you, Samson, his first, his first rule of thumb was to get angry. He's angry. He's got, a, he got an anger problem. And he comes and the Bible said the word angry, it actually means nose or nostril. It's where we get. He's a man, his nostrils are flaring." His, nost- his nostrils are flaring. Have you ever seen him make some mad nostrils of flare? That's what he's talking about. That word kindled means a fire blazing up. And then it amazing. It all began with giving them a riddle and them finding out the riddle. His anger was uncontrolled, his anger was kindled. And he went up to his father's house. I mean, it's uncontrolled. He was so angry, he stormed out of his own marriage. Isn't it amazing? He's so angry, he's filled with rage. And he's acting crazy. His anger is controlling him rather than him controlling the anger. You know, one can get so angry. You know, you can get so angry. People can get so angry that you can lose control of their emotions and act in ways they would never do before. As a matter of fact, people can get so angry they can kill. Our justice system has different degrees for murder. First degree when a person premeditated, deliberate. Second degree is murder with a malice. That's what Cain done. He was so mad at his brother, he, he committed second degree murder. Now, I want you to know if anger builds up, it's like a bomb. I'm telling you, about the proverb writer says, I have no dealings with an angry man. You know why? Because anger will blow up. If it's, if it's not dealt with, it'll blow up on you one day. And when it blows up, it hurts a lot of people. I remember a good while back that we had an angry man that came to this church. And I'm telling you, You never knew. You never knew what he was going to do. He's uncontrolled. Number two, his anger was unchangeable. Now in Judges 15, Axel steps in his house. He's calmed down now. He's not angry. He gets to thinking about that girl. He gets to thinking about that woman. He says, I believe what I'll do is I'll go get me a Uh, 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 a gift and I'll go down to her see the one thing they went through a ceremony but they never consummated the marriage by spending the night together so he says you know I believe I'll go down here and see this my uh, gal we got half the marriage done so I think I'll go down and see her so he goes down and notice what he does he takes a gift I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm not doing no more I'm sorry so he brings a gift but her daddy sees her and says hold it whoa Saption you can't go into her I, I thought you hated her the way you acted I just decided you hated her and you didn't want her and her best man said I'll take her so I gave her your best man. Man, sound like paint place, don't it? Some of you don't even know what paint place is. I, I had to quit naming these shows just years ago. Some of you don't even know what they are. But anyway, is like a soap. He said, "I done give her. I done give her to your best man. But won't you take her sister? She's a whole lot prettier." Said, so "Just take her." And Samson again, that anger, bam, he's angry again. Now he's furious. Now he's out of control now. He's out of control again. Because anger is unchangeable. if It ain't dealt with. And you know what he does? He comes down, his anger's unchangeable, but it came to pass. But then a while, in the time of wheat harvest, then Samson his wife with a kid. He said, I go into my wife, into the chamber, but the father would suffer him not to go. And boy, he left in anger. I mean, he's mad again. So in a moment of anger, in a moment of anger, we say something we'll later regret. In a moment of anger, we'll act in a certain way that we feel guilty about. In anger, we can do things down the road we wish we'd never done. We can do irreparable harm in our testimony in a moment of anger. We can do irreparable harm to relationships by the things we do or say in a moment of anger. Someone has said, an angry man is again angry with himself when he returns to reason. All right. An angry man. Rage he showed. Notice number two. The revenge he sought. Samson went and caught him. 300 foxes. That's an astounding feat by itself. But he caught 300 foxes. And what he'd done, he took their tails and he tied two of them together by their tails. And in the middle of that tail, he put like a little torch thing. It's called a firebrand. It's the way they move fire from one space to another. They once fire in the kitchen. They'd get a fire. They used like, like you would start kindling and get some fire on the end of it and take it to somewhere else. So they put this firebrand between these these, these two uh, foxes, and he set them on fire. And the foxes went crazy. I mean, they literally went wild. Note, and he turned them loose in a wheat harvest. You have to understand something. The wheat harvest was their meals for the next month's. Their food. You have to understand they're, they're, he's destroying their, their living, their food source. He's not just hurting them. He's hurting them bad. And notice the feelings he vented. Saps went in and caught 300 foxes and two firebrands and turned tail to tail. Put a firebrand in the midst between the two tails. And when he had set the brands on fire, he let them go into the standing corn. notice standing corn, about ready to be harvested. It wasn't you, about ready to be harvested. standing corn and the Philistines and burn up both the shooks and also the standing corn with the vineyards and the olives. He tied literally torches to these foxes. And he set them loose in these fields. Revenge, if I may say, is setting foxes loose in the field. Are you sure? You want to turn these foxes loose. Revenge is getting even with those who have done you harm. Revenge is making someone pay for what they hurt us to pay for what they have done. There's a man by a mountain man by the name of John Johnson. He's referred to as liver-eating Johnson. 1847, the Crow Indians killed his wife in revenge. Every Crow Indian he killed, he cut their liver out and ate them. It was thought by the Indians, it was thought by the Indians that if you eat a person's liver, you actually consume that person. The Crow Indians believed that, and so he cut out their liver and ate their liver. And he became known as the Liver Eating Johnson. Because, and his vendetta lasted for 25 years. See the feelings he vented. We see the feelings he voiced. Note how Samson justifies his behavior. Can I say this? When we're wrong, when we sin, there's no justification. Hey, young people, Look at me, all of you. When you disobey your mom and dad, there's no justification. Bible doesn't change. Samson said concerning them, Now shall I be more blameless than the Philistines. No, you won't. He said it. God didn't say it. He's not more blameless. He's just like them. When you get back at somebody, You stoop to their level and you become just like them. I mean, you become just like them. Well, I've I've said this. God, help me. I want to live. I want to take the high road. That word displeasure means to harm. He's saying, I'm telling him, I'm not guilty of a thing. Because of what they've done to me. They deserved what they got. I'll treat them. i show them. I'll show them how they treated me. I'll get back. So he said to them foxes, you sure you want to turn them foxes loose? you sure? Because I want you to see the results he suffered. When one seeks revenge, they never escape without personal consequences. Moms and dads will never help our children. And I love these children around here. And I'm older now and I used to think my daddy whipped us too hard. I used to think he worked us too hard. I used to think he was just too demanding. But you know, now that I'm older, I realized he never whipped us when we didn't deserve it. And the times he missed it, that was for the times we just never got caught. Amen. I'm so glad he taught me to work. I'm glad he taught me to work. We got generation that's so lazy. They don't know. They don't know how to work. They don't know what a shovel or hoe or a lawnmower is. They don't know which end of the car's the motor's in. They don't know nothing. I'm glad I, my daddy taught me to work. I'm glad he taught me to work. I'm glad. I'm glad. He taught me to be accountable. He made me accountable for the choices I made. Now I want to tell you something. Now, just don't you look at me like a new gay. Well, I made some stupid choices. I was telling Miss Linda, I made, I mean, I made some stupid ones. Looking back now, I realize that they were stupid. I'm glad he held me accountable, Louis the Fourteenth. France said of starving hordes who were clamoring for bread, let the people eat grass. In a few years the people dragged his son to his execution with his mouth stuffed with grass. Francis Bacon said, Men must not turn into bees and kill themselves and sting in sting others. Chinese proverb said it best, He who seeks revenge digs two graves, one for them and one for yourself. Revenge proves to be its own executioner. Let me point out just two consequences of Samson's anger. Number one, a defilement of his life. He was a Nazarite. And the law of God, Leviticus 11.27, And whatsoever goeth upon his paws, among all manner of beasts that go all forward, Those are unclean to you. Whoso toucheth their carcass shall be unclean until the evening. The law of God declared for them that the animals that run around on their paws was considered unclean. They could not be eaten, and their carcasses could not be touched. Foxes and lions both fit that category. He defiled himself. There were some things he just couldn't do. Can I say this? As Christians, as Christians, there's just some things we just can't do. As Christians, we can't drink Bud Dummer and smoke wacky weed. We just can't do that. We can, but you need to ask yourself, my Christian?" As Christians, we can't have this sleeping around and sex without any commitment. Sin, it's fornication. As Christians, we all not cuss and steal and lie. There's some things as Christians we just don't not do. We just, just the two don't go together. You two don't go together. To be a Christian and do these things is, is, is. They're opposites. It's opposites. You know? And they're just opposites. And if you're a Christian, they're just some things we do. Just like being a fireman, you fight fires. A policeman, you take the, take care of the law. It's what we do. So as Christians, there's some things we all do. May I say, he defiled his own life. He was defiled in many ways. Revenge, always leaves us with dirty hands or to be more specific, a dirty heart. Revenge embraces an attitude as hatred, bitterness, and animosity. Then I want you to know something else. I want you to know, it's, it's caught my attention. This really got me. The death of his wife then the Philistines said, Who had done this? And they answered, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he had taken his wife and give her to his companion. And the Philistines came up and burnt her and her father with fire. The worst day in that young girl's life was the day Stampson came into it? He's mad. She give her away. And it ended up costing her her life. And her father's. They killed her anyway. If you don't tell us a riddle. We're gonna burn you and your family. An it amazing? They end up doing it anyway. Had Samson never met her, I wonder how her life would have been. I wonder how her days' life would have died of an old age. And I bet she thought and wondered what they got because they, the very thing he's mad about, they revenge killed. See, it, it's not as simple as as us getting mad, getting angry, acts of revenge. They burned her and her father to death. Hebrews twelve fifteen. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. It's not just going to affect you. You will affect somebody else. Someone has said, "It costs more to revenge." Injuries, than to bear them. I say, Amen. Sampson, hey Sampson, do you really want to turn them foxes loose? Let's all stand to feet. Tonight, I don't know anyone's heart. I know.